pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to One Life Left versus Gama Sutra. I'm Steve Curran. I am Simon Byron. I'm Ant Canterbury. And who's that at the end? Chris Graff. <laughs> Gama Sutra. Chris, it's our fifth day of broadcasting from GDC 2014. I know, can you believe that this is just the first week? We've still got two more <laughs> weeks of GDC after this. No! Uh, how was your talk this morning, Chris? Um, I... I don't know if you'd call it a talk. I talked in front of people That's a talk. at another person. Okay. Uh, I did. Did I, they I, appreciate that? Um, yeah. Um, I actually have no idea. I haven't asked them yet. But I hope that they appreciated it. Uh, I actually talked to um, um, Phil Spencer. He's an executive at Xbox. You might have heard of that before. It is a game-playing device. And uh, just uh, ask some questions uh, about the Xbox One and things about developers on Xbox One and whatnot. And um, it was a fireside chat, by the way. What yeah. did he have to say for himself? Um, he, he mainly said Xbox uh, a lot. And no, it, it, it was really good. Actually, it wasn't supposed to be with Phil Spencer. It was supposed That's to That's embarrassing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just weird? wandered on. He's got a habit of doing that. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can you talk about Xbox? Um, no, actually, uh, another guy from Xbox, Mark Witten, um, after finding out that he was going to have a fireside chat with me, he quit Microsoft and started working <laughs> at Sonos. Wow. So, yeah. And so then uh, Phil Spencer stepped in. Um, but, yeah, that, uh, that's what happens to me, though. People just uh, try to get away from me uh, constantly. I heard you complaining about your uh, about the stage setup earlier. Um. Uh, the, the stage set. Well, it was a campfire. It was a campfire. I, I wanted to be a campfire chat. You wanted an actual fire, didn't you? I did want an actual fire, and I didn't oh, get it. No, um, I, I was promised by Megan Scavio, who, uh, who runs GDC, that I would have an actual flame. And instead, I got uh, an LCD television that uh, just had a fire, an image of a fire, kind of flickering. It, it was. It was interesting though. Like when I first walked in, they were polishing the screen. <laughs> to make sure that the fire shone through better. Get all the fingerprints off of it. Nice. Yeah. 
very and professional. So you've been Always busy am. this morning, Chris. Uh, what have you been up to, Anne? Um, honestly, not that much this morning. You sound I've lost a bit my hoarse. voice a little bit. I've lost my voice. This is terrible for radio. It is the end of uh, GDC 2014, and that is kind of what happens, isn't it? Too many nice conversations. Everybody loses something. <laughs> So this is, uh, this is the last show of five that we're going to be doing from this year's GDC, and perhaps ever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I uh, guess let's see how this one goes. So we should, we should live it like it's our last, at least. What about, what's going on with guests today? Uh, well, today was a little bit more freeform with guests, because we were um, an uncertain about times and places of this show, so guests are turning up as and when. How's you that sound terrible. Yeah, you do sound terrible. Uh, so, Steve, what's, what's happened to you since we saw you last? Um, since you saw me last, I've had a few meetings. That's kind of what GDC's for, yep. right? You, Productive, were they? You, you walk around, shake hands with people, do some deals. Press the flesh. So I've done that. Okay. Uh, went to a couple of parties. Went to the Nordic party last night. Did you? What was that like? It was fantastic. I think the Nordic party is always the best party at GDC. Um, the best thing happened. Just the best thing happened at the Nordic party. Tell us about that, Anne. Um, so listeners to our regular show may know that I, I love a video game called Resogun on the PlayStation 4. And uh, I go around Steve's a lot to play it. And last night at the Nordic game party, I met the guys that made it. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, I hugged them. I asked them if I could be in the game. They said they'd fly, no. they fly me to Helsinki. Um, I don't think they were lying. It was quite quite a nice moment because Ilari, who who's at Housemark, he he was he was there, and I said, "Oh, Ilari, I've got someone you have to meet." And I brought him across, and I said, "This is Anne," and you were very polite, and you went, "Oh, oh hi, I'm I'm Anne," and I said, "Ilari made Resigan," and then you just embraced him, snorched myself at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that game. And so uh, maybe you were doing a little bit of voice acting for the DLC. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe when your voice is uh, I, um, recovered. I, I met somebody too last night. Who? You, Suzuki. Wow, where was he? Um, he was at the uh, very exclusive sweet party. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I just stopped by and then um, I was like, holy crap, that is you, Suzuki. And uh, he made all these video games that I like very much. And then, uh, so I actually, I don't think I have ever done this before, but I actually had someone take a picture um, uh, of us together. I look like a complete jerk in it, <laughs> but I got it, so. Excellent. So we've all been meeting our heroes. Uh, maybe, maybe for you and me, Simon, over the next hour and a half, someone special's going to turn up. I guess that depends on Anne. It does, doesn't it, Anne? Um, who's lined up, Anne? Uh, some very special guests. Can't, uh, I don't want to reveal them. I don't want to give away our secrets. Um, let's wait and see who turns up. You want to be up. on the podcast? We yeah. talk about. Like, <laughs> there's a glimpse. Uh, there's a glimpse behind the scene there uh, of our rigorous preparation. Um, some We're two, pulling randos two, off of the uh, show. Two gentlemen have just wandered past, uh, which is an, an improvement on what was going on uh, in this area earlier on. Um, a man used it. Uh, as uh, support for his backside while he ate some donuts. <laughs> he sat in front of the One Life Left logo. He's being way more productive than <laughs> yes. we've ever been at this table. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Hello. Thank you for walking past. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Do you, do you know what's going on now? Absolutely not. Okay. I do, I do, I do. Are, 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 you, are you always that receptive to people uh, that are just like, hey, come over here, put these headphones on, and 
start talking to this microphone. I thought you were talking. I thought you were pointing to someone that you knew, and so. Well, no, we, no, well no. we know you now. Who are you? Hey, I'm Benedict. Hello, Fritz. Benedict. Uh, David Lasky. Hello, David. Uh, and, and what are you doing? What do you do? Well, I was walking by, <laughs> looking at people wave at me about headphones and microphones, <laughs> but uh, just game programmer from Chicago. Just. Just. No. Right. Um, I have a studio called The Amiable, working on a game called Tetra Pulse in Chicago. First GDC, come hang out. Excellent. Uh, what do you think of uh, GDC? I'm loving it so far. Yeah. Really cool, yeah. Uh, does it live up to your expectations? Yeah, it's definitely as big, I'd say, as I thought it would. Probably bigger. Size-wise, it's definitely lived up to, the, to his expectations. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I look up and I'm like, that ceiling's very tall. So. GDC is very much about uh, well, seizing opportunities, you know? Yeah. Uh, to seeing where life takes you. It's taking you here. How's that working out? Uh, it, it's worked out pretty well. I saw the, what is it? I didn't expect to see the Steam controller here, or at least like the newest iteration since like Steam Dev Days. So like, that was really cool. Um, a bunch of cool games like control the all control dev stuff was really neat how did you get here to gdc oh uh well we took a train <laughs> yeah <from> see <laughs> see why i saw i, oh, I recognize them <laughs> so tell us a, tell us a bit more about this uh sure uh i'm benedict by the way uh hey, there's another guy who was on a train that's walking out he's dancing up to us <laughs> right now um and he's gonna get on here in just a moment so, uh, yeah, we rode a train from Chicago to San Francisco. It took, like, two and a half days and made games on the way. Uh, and, yeah, it was amazing. Got to see parts of America that you don't really get to see, uh, meet a lot of new people, and have a really good time. So what was your, what was your game about? Uh, our game was called Station 27. Uh, you basically uh, are at a bus stop. You don't really know why you're there, and strange people visit you. Uh, and you basically take, take naps on the chairs at the bus stop uh, while you're waiting for your bus and kind of very strange characters come up and talk to you. And Excellent. Talking of which, we've just been joined... Well, sorry, I can't say talking of which. You're, I've got no idea whether, whether you're strange or not, but you have <laughs> just joined us. Yes, I mean, you, you did dance strange. towards <laughs> us. <so. laughs> yeah. Hello, who are you? Uh, hello, I'm Adrian. Um, game Oven, we made like this game Fingle a while back okay. again. Working on Bounden, dancing game. Uh, hence the dancing earlier. <laughs> exactly. Right, excellent. Welcome to One Life Left. Uh, so you were on the on the train jam as well, were you? Yes, yes. What uh, what game did you come up with so whilst travelling here? Maybe you've here? heard of Ben and Folly's Co-op. I have heard of that, yes. Uh, have you seen the movie Gravity? Yes, I have. Those two, mix them together. Right. People floating in space, screaming, suffocating. It's terrible. But the coolest, <laughs> the coolest, thing, the coolest thing is that um, Chris... Yeah, we're best friends now. Yeah, um, he did the sound design for the game. I'd like to call it design. It's not at all. But, okay. Um, and I, actually, I'd like him to do a preview of what he did for the game. Are, are you ready, Chris? I could, I could do it. I'll, I'll do it quietly. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is this okay? It involves heavy breathing and gasping and a little bit of very okay. a put, put a little bit of distance between yeah. yourself and the mic all right and then so it was like uh <laughs> that's gonna be up for an igf next year isn't it? surely sound design and, and there he is like floating into the void Slowly stretching his arm, his limbs, and <laughs> trying to make his way back to his spaceship. What's, so that, yeah, that's what's the game called? Uh, we called it 14 seconds because okay. you only have 14 seconds left of oxygen, and after that, you're slowly, slowly suffocating. Wow, sounds bleak. 
so how are you enjoying GDC uh, after you after you arrived here off the train? I bet it was a relief to stop making games on it and just go and look at some other ones. Crazy week. Yeah. Crazy week. So many meetings. Um, so many parties. I am I am hungover every day. Like what? That's not supposed to happen. This is a game developer conference. Aren't we antisocial or something? No, you should you should explain um, your sickness on the train. Oh oh yes. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't really want to go into specifics, but I got real, real sick halfway through. I got food poisoning, and I was, like, lying in bed for the whole second half. Uh, and I could hear, like, Chris screaming from the other side of the train. <laughs> um, and I was like, uh, I want to join you. And I was just, you know, <laughs> totally out. We were told a couple of days ago by Peter Molyneux on the show that the key to ideas is to have messy food all over your desk and age it well. <laughs> I imagine that you're not in favor of that. No. No, you're more of, a sh- more of a take a shower type person. Yeah, the train yes. provided plenty of those opportunities, though, for food <laughs> everywhere. Left vs. Garma Sutra live from the Moscone Centre at Game Developers Conference 2014. This is the last of our shows. It's a shame, isn't it? It is, it is a shame. Have you been enjoying yourself, Chris? Yeah, um, it is a shame. I agree. It's shameful. It's shameful that it's ending. Let's find a, a way of rectifying that, I think. We can talk. We know the people who run the show. Oh, okay. We can ask if they can extend it's it by, yeah, 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 by maybe a month or so. One month of GDC straight. <sighs> we have some guests. Uh, one returning guest. Isn't that right, Teddy? That's right. I, I got to join you last year, I think, with an equally like low, party-ridden voice. And a new guest as well. Hello. Hello. Hi, I'm Alex. You, you guys I'm are going to need to introduce yourselves, though, form- uh, formally. Uh, it's true. Um, I'm Alex Preston, head of Heart Machine, uh, maker of Hyperlight Drifter. And I'm Teddy Diefenbach. I'm working with Alex on Hyperlight Drifter. So since we talked last, uh, it's been a big year for you, hasn't it? It's been a crazy year. But we've got something in common, I think. Like, um, Simon and I both did Kickstarters as well. Separately, yeah. Yeah? So uh, so I did a Kickstarter for a game, uh, raised, no big deal or anything, but raised uh, £7,500. Nice. Simon? I, uh, I did a Kickstarter for a card game called Greedy Wizards. Greedy um, Wizards. Yeah. It was uh, funded in three hours. And no, no big deal. <laughs> uh, no biggie. And I made, uh, I raised 7300 so beat that. I will. Well, the pound, the pound's worth like $1,000, right? Some yeah, point, so. Like so you guys are millionaires at this point. So how did it go for you? Uh, we did pretty well. Uh, we, um, we made uh, 2,000% more than we asked for. Wow. Wow, so, so upwards of, of 7,000 pounds perhaps. Yeah, yeah a, little, a little bit more than that. Yeah. Does that, does that uh, come with any additional pressure? Uh, no more than having, you know, 
what we asked for, really, because ultimately I'm still beholden to the backers, regardless of how much money I have. Right. And they how, own they own you now, right? They don't own me, but I owe. <laughs> but them. a little bit, a little I owe bit. them a good game. And how have those backers behaved generally? Backers have been excellent. Uh, the whole community has been excellent. Okay. Uh, so how's the game coming along? It's going well. Uh, we've been deep in dev for the past bunch of months, and we're showing off a small build here at GDC, and we've been doing the press rounds, and it's been a lot of fun. Cool. Been really exhausting. Can I curse on this podcast? Uh, which, which which word? Oh, I won't say it then. <laughs> no, try. What does it begin with? With an F. Hmm. I don't think so. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> what word is it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Phil Fish. Yeah, I think it's there flying. It <laughs> uh, and so when you originally launched, you were just going to be PC, is that right? Yeah. Um, um, but the success of the campaign has led you to new formats, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to push it on consoles, and now we have the opportunity to do it. So we are. We uh, recently announced Xbox One, so... So what is what is the attraction for a, for a developer? Um, it, you know, what's what's appealing for you to put it on a console? Um, it's a it's a community that you might not be able to tap into otherwise. I mean, PC gamers. That's uh, a whole different subset usually. I mean, there's some crossover for sure, but there are console gamers that are strictly console gamers, and we want to reach out to as many as possible. PC gamers are weirdos, aren't they? Is that what you're trying <laughs> a, to say? I grew up as a PC gamer, so. <laughs> Yes, yes or no? Yes. Okay. We're a bunch of weirdos. I, th- I grew up as a console gamer. I didn't know we even had this argument yet. No, there's no argument. I, I mean, I loved all of them, So, but I turned into a PC gamer. You're not supposed to talk about platform without no. arguing. I'm sorry. I'm that agnostic. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like an argument to me. Yeah. We don't want to break you guys up. We want to bring you closer together. I hate you, Teddy. <laughs> I hate you too, Alex. But Alex and I are very close. We were born on the same day of the same year, so we're birthday buddies. Yeah. Wow. And the same hour and the same second from the same mother. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Part of that is true. Uh, so, what have you uh, what have you seen at GDC this year? Um, have you had a chance to look at to have a look around the expo? Not too much. See some talks? Uh, no, no talks. We've been pretty busy doing our own thing. Um, we were at the Mix event, which was a lot of fun. Saw some great games there, um, and it's fun to be at the the Microsoft ID program uh, event as well. So we saw a bunch of indie games. Um, you know, Dive Kick is coming to Xbox, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know, but... I got, I got my first time on the IGF today, and I played uh, Perfect Woman, Ooh. which was pretty wonderful. It's like the first time I've liked playing a Kinect game. What in happens in uh, Perfect Woman? In Perfect Woman, you, uh, it's a Kinect game where you basically strike poses, but uh, you live out the different stages of your life as a woman. So at each stage, you choose what your life aspiration is for that age. It says, what, what do you want to be when you're 16? And... Um, it assigns like a difficulty to the motion based on what you choose. So if you choose, oh, I want to be a, you know, an MIT professor, then it's going to be really hard. And then that changes how you do changes your options for the next stage of your life. So if you choose to reach high, like MIT professor, and then you don't do the body motions right, your options next time are kind of awful, and you, you like burn out or uh, like assistant Pilates instructor. Like. So what you're saying, or indeed what the game is saying, is that women use their body to progress. <laughs> I think it's a. That's I think sexist. it's trying to say like a couple things. You know, I think it's saying that like, all, all any woman is perfect. You know, she just she she lives. Except her life. You're, if you're an assistant Pilates instructor, uh, instructor, is that what you just said? <laughs> this is outrageous. I'm outraged. This uh, is a trap, guys. I, I also, while we're changing the subject, uh, 
I got to. Uh, I went next door into like the all the game schools were next door, and I wanted to check out NYU because I, I went to USC for grad school for games, so I wanted to like see what they had there. And I played a game called Ladylike uh, by um, uh, Nina Freeman. Who, you just uh, love these hentai games, PhD. Don't you? Yeah, I had like a, a fetish. A woman game. So I want. I had a being a woman sort of morning. I did see that crazy muscle cat game at uh, the Venus Patrol party. That was a lot of, that was kind of goofy looking. Tell us about that. I don't know. You can strike poses and you're a muscular cat and man, like a, uh, I don't know, bipedal cat person. Yeah. It's kind of sexy. If you like sexy I, cat I saw muscles. the Catman game, too. Yeah. Very eye-catching. Did you, did you play it? How no, I, I observed other people playing it, and it looked like um, a fun party game, which is kind of the setting for it. Okay, well, thanks so much, both of you, for coming on the game. Yeah, good luck with the rest of the game development. Looking forward to seeing it. It looks spectacular. Thank you. Um, yeah, and we'll see you around. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Welcome back to One Life Left versus Karma Sutra. The game show that's behind us. They, have, have they gotten louder? Yeah. He's like louder screaming at the top of his lungs. Over the course of the last few days, we should explain it. So it's a kind of booth that set up a fake TV game show. And have you been on it? No, I haven't been on it. I, I'm not really... I, they must be quizzing people on uh, their knowledge of video games. They are. The, um, I, I walked past it and thought, oh, I should go on that because I'll probably win it. And then I looked at the questions and they're, they're pretty difficult. Really? Yeah, Could, do you remember like any... Like, uh, um, uh, no, I don't know, I, but I do remember not knowing the answer to them. Yeah, so you couldn't even answer my question. No, that's right. So you lose my, my little Terrible. game that I just made. <laughs> Quizzing people on their knowledge of video games is kind of what we do, or should do. Well, we should ask them, uh, oh, come on and talk about your game, but then also tell us all of the facts that you know. <laughs> yeah, just like keep it wide open, you know, just uh, just tell us everything. For every plug for your game, you're going to have to give us a decent fact. Yeah. So the uh, the conference seems a little little quieter than it was yesterday. I think it's because people are... I don't think so. I think it's like really loud. Okay. We, just, we were just talking about how loud it was. In terms of footfall, <laughs> in terms of volume, it's definitely louder. Um, but that's not to say we don't have guests, don't have people to talk to. In fact, one of them... One of them has just rocked up right now. Hello, sir. What's your name and uh, where are you from? My name is Nels Anderson, and I work for a game studio called Campo Santo. Campo Santo. I know them, don't I? You might. We have not yet made a game. I but don't we, know right. Yes, oh. but we just said we are about to Aha! make a game called Firewatch, which yes. is uh, set in my home state of Wyoming. Excellent. When did you make this announcement? Last Thursday. And it went pretty well, didn't it? People seemed excited, so that's good. <laughs> Tell us a bit about it. Uh, well, basically, the premise of the game is you are playing a fire lookout. So there are there used to be uh, the game is set in nineteen eighty in nineteen eighty nine, the year after all the big big forest fires in Yellowstone National Park, and the, you play a guy named Henry. Though due to some uh, rather complicated situations in his life, he has decided to take a job as a fire lookout. So there was all these weird old towers out in the wilderness where literally people just sit up in them all day and look for smoke for forest fire from forest fires. Right. Yeah. And that's something that, that you're familiar with being from Wyoming. Yes. So weirdly, both myself and Sean Vanneman, who is also part of Campo Santo, uh, we are both from Wyoming. The, uh, the national forest where the game is set is basically halfway between the two towns where we grew up. 
Have you ever sat on one of these watches yourself? No, we, we have not, but there are still, there are actually a few out here in California as well, um, and we may take a bit of a field trip. Sean was on the uh, on the show uh, a couple of episodes ago, which oh. is why Simon's so well yes. informed about this. Yes, oh, perfect. Right. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, and it's good to hear that your stories tally. We're going to cross-reference <laughs> yeah, this. Oh, good. That's very checked. important. Yeah, fact check. Did, how much did Sean say about Wyoming? Um... Very little, but he did tell us all the secrets about the game. So if you oh, okay. just... is he not supposed to be talking about Wyoming? Is that no, your thing? No, 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 not at all, not at all. What I'm curious is, as people from the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, does Wyoming even mean anything to you guys at all? Yeah, I'm aware of it. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't point at it on a map though. Yes. So here's here's an here's here's a fact that should communicate exactly what Wyoming is about. So behind us. There are two sets of escalators. Mm-hmm. That is twice the number of escalators <laughs> in the entire state of Wyoming. And Wyoming, in terms of square mileage, is probably about the size of England. This must be thrilling for you, then. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> replete. Exactly. Up and down Just all day. Nell's in the big city. <laughs> so why is that, then? I, there's I mean, no are they need outlawed? for them. <laughs> no. So everything's on the ground floor? Yeah, basically. Or there are stairs or elevators, of they, course. They, they climb, too. People just know how to climb. Oh, yeah, just free climb, <laughs> yeah. just straight up the side of a building, climb in the third floor window. <laughs> it's this, fine. Like, this, this incredible um, like visual of just people climbing up walls like Spider-Man type thing in Wyoming. <laughs> there, used to be two, there used to be one and a half escalators. Okay. The half was actually in a building where I used to work. I worked for an internet service provider in high school, and there was an escalator that went up. There wasn't like a corresponding one that went down. There was just one that went up. People but then, there. But then one day it broke, and they never fixed it. Wow. Because who's going to fix it? There's only one in the entire state. So, so do people travel to go and see the one escalator? No, it's just like in a bank in Casper. <laughs> Wow. Why do they get the escalator? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the guy who owned the bank was very fond of them and missed them. He was lazy. Maybe that. What have you seen at GDC this year, Nels? Um, Not a ton. Uh, I've mostly actually been down at the office working. Um, Yesterday morning, I saw my buddy Steve Gaynor. He talked all about Gone Home uh, and whether or not it is a video game. Is, Is it? Spoilers, Yes. Simon, what do We're you gonna think? have to edit that out. That's, that's a spoiler. That was a major spoiler. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't uh, in the session. So, what evidence did Steve present? So, kind of the. I, I mean, I will probably provide a very poor summary of Steve's talk, and people should just check it out. But the idea was that, like, kind of the playful nature of the game, the fact that it puts a high value on player agency, that you know that you are trying to develop empathy with characters like all this stuff is about interactivity and play in a way that it couldn't be if it was just like a short story or a movie or whatever right the fact that there isn't like player death or like a skill challenge doesn't preclude it from still being like a game with with playfulness that is experienced in a way that it wouldn't be if you were literally just like seeing you know put together moving images I read the write-up um, that we had on Gama Sutra, and it, Plug. Sounded, it sounded like his argument was that because you can put unlimited cheese wheels inside of a house in Skyrim, that makes Gone Home a game. Wasn't that <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a much shorter way to put it. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> Player agency, cheese wheels, Excellent. it all comes together. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I'm very excited for, though... In about 45 minutes, uh, Kogi Igarashi, who was at 
Konami until very, 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 very recently, like a few days ago. Is joining Compost set? Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, he's going to be talking about Metroidvania games, and those are a game that type of game that's like something that I have a great affinity for. I really, really like them. Um, so I am very, very excited to hear what he has to say about that. But we can't go because we're doing a radio show. So thanks a lot. Yeah. It's, it's finished as soon as your show's done. You can just run from here straight over there. You're fine. <laughs> just burst in at the back of the room. That's right. <laughs> what are these guys queuing for? I've not seen a queue pass us uh, before the show. I believe that's for the experimental gameplay workshop. Oh, is it? Okay. Maybe they think we're part of it. Yeah. <laughs> experimental <laughs> human exactly, workshop. Exactly, yeah. Are how we many, a game? How many cheese wheels can we... Uh, can we uh, oh, unlimited. Yeah. We do so many experiments on, on this show. <laughs> so many cheese wheels. New guest. Hello. Hello. We just grabbed you from the queue. Literally. He lost his spot too. It's like <laughs> that, we pretended that we were going to save it, find a way for him to save it, but he's, he's out now. He's at the end. Goddamn. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? A very, very wide angle view on the games industry. You see and hear everything as the editor in chief of Garmin. Everything. I, yes. So, uh, so is, is this the future? Um, it's the present. <laughs> <laughs> it's really no. It's, it's really hard to tell. Um, I the mean, imminent I, present. Yeah, I like um, I mean, just like the um, the micro console trend in general. I think is really interesting because uh, it seems like the components are there um, for um, actual like by by the book definition of uh, uh, of disruptive innovation. Um, just the way that um, it, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be Ouya, um, you know, uh, but it's uh, it could be like just an amalgamation of all these different kinds of open platforms that are based on mobile technology, mobile OS, um, and at some point I could see that catching up to the uh, the, the less agile uh, big three companies, um, and this could take like. A thousand years to happen, so maybe eventually, Tig, like, like, uh, you know, if you live that long, you can see it happen. The, the disruption happen. <laughs> when I'm 64, yeah, um, yeah, no, totally. It's it's quite a lot. Like, um, it's very early stage, early formative sort of stuff. Like anybody who thinks who expects it maybe to be have arrived kind of fully formed, if you like, last year. 
um, I think maybe just had a, a fairly um, optimistic view of how quickly these things actually do sort of, if you like, take off. But the, the analogy that I find that I use a lot is it's, maybe it's quite like how MP3 players or early ebook readers or all those kinds of things first sort of began as sort of kind of, I don't know what that is, products. But then, you know, they had their kind of crossing over point and suddenly everybody was like, oh yeah, I'm totally into that. Like, and that's how it should be. I've got an idea. Micro consoles, small, increasingly successful. Pico consoles. Nano consoles. Oh, better idea. How about macro consoles? Well, the bigger... Just the bigger, the better. Yeah. I just want, like, the Ultra a game console. Cons- a game console that's, like, the size of my house. A game console <laughs> you can live inside. <laughs> that's the future. <laughs> Giga consoles. It's as big as a galaxy. <laughs> Everyone, and welcome back to the Carl's Jr. podcast. <laughs> One Life Left versus Gamma Sutra versus Carl's Jr. Have you been sponsored? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been monetized. <laughs> it hurts. Safely and legally monetized. New section of the show, new voice. Who's back? Who is that? It is, it is me, Rami Ismail. So we have a rule on One Life Left. If you appear once, you become a friend of the show. Twice best friend of the show i think this might be your third time it might be and i i i think we're already sort of best friends since you've oh. been stealing video games from me third time is uh this is a uh, this is commitment this is a marriage now. you come you come on one I... more time then we become enemies <laughs> oh well i mean that could be fun <laughs> we can always see where that leads us but, but the fifth time then it's lovers <laughs> wait we get married and then enemies and then lovers that's, yes. how, that's how it works that's how relationships work <laughs> and one life left man what happened to you like uh, what happened to you um, what have you done What's, what, what has been uh, kind of the big thing for you this week as far as your game development studio of Lambear what has happened I mean we've launched a video game oh casually no big deal you know just the thing we do on the show for um, it's actually not the first time we did that. We, uh, we launched Yeti Hunter from the GDC show for last year, but that was a small game. This was a game we worked on for two and a half years, and um, it came out on Tuesday. And uh, What's it called again? Uh, it's called Luftrousers. It's, um, it's a 2D dogfighting game about being the best fighter pilot in the world, and um, it was really, really well received. I've been really, really happy uh, to see It's a great game. I was, oh, actually, I was actually playing it during the uh, game developers, uh, like the awards. Not out of disrespect. <laughs> but not out of disrespect because it was a great show. Um, but I had just downloaded it on Steam and I had my Mac right there and I just thought I would just check it out for a little bit. And it, it's nice, especially when you're surrounded by people getting awards for video games. It just adds to the experience. So what happens immediately after a game launches? Uh, well, in, in my case, about a million things, uh, as always. Um, I got roped into doing this interview with you, uh, but... Um, that will happen. <laughs> also, um, I mean, normally when a game launches, you know, you sort of look at the scores, you sort of sit back and watch as you slowly start to, you know, recoup your investment and everything and um, see what people think of it. And in our case, it meant that Twitter exploded. Uh, we're still getting several tweets a minute. Twitter exploded. Yeah, it did. It's broken oh. now. Um, <laughs> and that's the third time we did that. Um, the first time when Ridiculous Fishing got cloned and Twitter just shut down and, you know, they had to rebuild their offices. And then later on when Ridiculous Fishing was released, 
and the entire Twitter crew thought that that was how you actually have to go fish and got arrested for shooting at fish. <laughs> and then uh, the third time was when they tried to um, try to simulate Luftrausers and actually ended up shooting their own headquarters. Okay. Oh, that's crazy. Like, uh, okay, so speaking of the subject matter, or the, you know, airplanes and stuff, I did not know this about you until... Um, you, you told me on the train. So, so we were hanging out on the train. The, you know, you know he, Rami's train folk, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> the train folk. And um, he was criticizing the way the pilot landed his plane in, in Omaha. And then I was like, well, what the heck do you know about flying planes? I'm not criticizing oh, yeah. my pilot. And then it's because he made a, a video game about flying planes that he can cr- criticize, you know, the job that the pilots do. But no, that's not actually why, because you're actually a... I, I can fly an airplane. It's a small... It, it, has, to be, it has to be a small one. Uh, I, I fly a little Cessna when I'm in the Netherlands. It's actually really, really fun. Um, I think flight is one of the best feelings in life anyway. It's like above the clouds, you know. Um, not always. Sometimes it's in the clouds, which is less fun. But, you know, just, just not being connected to the planet directly feels special to me. Um, and I really like the sense of momentum. I think that actually is one of the things that translated best into Luftrausers is that feeling of momentum and falling and picking up speed. And, I mean, that's what flight is all about. It's essentially controlled falling continuously. Um, just like walking is controlled falling all of the time and I, I just think that's really fun uh, you're on planes a lot though aren't you um, you travel everywhere yeah you're it's so busy it's sort of what I do um, I mean I have a lot of I have a lot of things I want to do um, I want to make video games I want to I want to make sure that people know about our video games I want to make sure that other people can make video games and that the industry at large becomes a better place like I have a lot of I have a lot of things I want to do and I sort of realized that even though the Netherlands are a wonderful place, that's not the place where I can make all those things happen. And in fact, there is no singular place in the world where I can do that. So instead, I just sort of fly around the world, going to different places. And recently, I got a big interest in the, the, the emerging territories, as we call them. So Southern Africa and America and, and Asia. And um, well, What's driving the, your interest in, in, uh, in those areas? I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm half Dutch, half Egyptian, right? So I, I was born in the Netherlands, but I have a really big affinity for, for Egypt. And I know of a bunch of people in Egypt that want to make video games that desperately are looking for a community and a way to establish a community in a country that is not traditionally all that accepting of video games or creativity, um, at least not in the past hundred years or so. Um, Prior to that, though, they were all about it. I mean, we built we built the pyramids. We came up with the hieroglyphs. We invented algebra. I think we're pretty good at coming up with crazy that, things. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, that's like seven out of ten, right? <laughs> um, so it, it's it's one of those things where I know there are people around the world with perspectives unlike our own, with histories and cultures unlike our own, and I'm just really excited to see what they would make and something like Angara which is in the IGF uh, which was in the IGF this year the student showcase it's made by an Iranian developer like has such a different feel and such a different perspective on video games that I, I can't help but be really excited to see what what people not from the western not from the western world or not from Japan what they would make if they got the power of our medium in their hands do any of these places need a radio show 
I mean, all of them do. All of them need that sense of community that something like a show like like this can provide. Everybody needs a magazine or a website or a meetup or anything. Like everything that they can do to build a community would be wonderful. But ideally, a radio show. Y- yes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Rami. to One Life Left versus Gamma Sutra at GDC 2014. It's a croaky One Life Left representing today. Ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> the line into the experimental gameplay workshop, which is stretched around the Moscone, slowly filtering into the room right now. Apparently, it is full. Whoa. That's the first time I've seen that. I cannot get in. Session. So thank goodness oh. you saved Tyke's place in the clue. Thank you. exactly. Um, speaking of croaky voices and slightly less croaky voices, more beautiful voices <laughs> that appear in video games. We have a new guest. Hey, hello. Hello, who are you? Uh, I'm Sarah Almale. And what do you do? I do, funny you should ask, I do voiceover in video games. That's very good. What are you doing here at GDC? I'm meeting people who might uh, want voices in their video games. And have you met any? I have. And also at this point I'm seeing dear, dear friends, which is, which is lovely and my favorite part. So last night we met the guys from Housemark uh, who do Resigan. Mm. And Anne uh, made a very, very impassioned plea to put her in the game. What? Now, what? now what? we don't know whether that's going to ha- happen or not, but we thought the best next happen. step is for Anne to send some... Some uh, some recordings of her voice to the guys at Housemark saying saying nice things. Uh, maybe you could give her some tips. Mm. Me? Okay. Saying nice things. Any nice things? Well, okay. Anne, Anne, do it, try. You know, do a demo now. Okay. Sort of so so uh, I would be one of the humans. So okay. typically they say thank you uh, <laughs> in quite a robotic kind of voice. So how how would I channel my inner robot? Uh, I like to think of robots as very musical. There's a musicality to them, so you can pick pick a sort of place to live in and stay there. You know, it's sort of and yeah, that's my favorite. Do that again. Do that again. (laughs) And stay there. And stay there. Um, But yeah, but that's that's sort of my favorite part of about robots is their musicality. So think about your some of your favorite songs and where where you might want to live. what if I wanted to be something else that wasn't a robot? I feel like we've got a, a, you're a very useful tool to have right now. I want to <laughs> ma- maybe I want to be some other things in video games. Mm. Uh, I don't know, like a, you've got the frog thing down. I really do have the frog. <laughs> maybe you can be in the new Frogger or something. In the new, <laughs> yeah. How would you channel a frog? How would you channel a frog? I haven't done so many creature or monster voices, but that's just. I think the single biggest tip there is not being afraid to sound silly. 
What yeah. voices have you done? What voices have I done? Uh, characters or types yes. of voices? Well, yeah. And games, and you can. And games, okay. Uh, gone home. Can you uh, can you do one. the Never voices and can we guess what games they're from? <gasps> oh, okay. I can try. Maybe I'm not sure how familiar uh, familiar everyone is with my oeuvre. So <laughs> well, let's find we'll out. We'll have to find out. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh no! I need to summon uh, copy, <laughs> and I'm like, I, as soon as I record something, I, I forget it. That's, that's literally a fact. Okay, just use words. Can you can you read oh, okay. re- read the ingredients off of this junior mint box? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right. I have an idea. Over 50 years ago, a new star was born. Uh, given Junior Mint's popularity at the movies, it comes as no surprise that the brand was named after a top Broadway play in 1949. Uh, Junior Miss? That was excellent. Yeah? That was Katie. <laughs> that would be Katie from Gone Home, making a phone call from, a, <laughs> from an airport and reading the back of a box. So that was really good. That's, that was, that's exactly how Katie from Gone Home would have read <laughs> the Junior Mint's like, you, backstory. You are beaming now, Chris Croft, as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I am beaming. <laughs> Thank you. Um, have we talked about already, uh, have we mentioned, Chris, that you've dabbled in some voice acting? Oh, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that a little bit. Um, you would have been, like, uh, it would have been helpful if you were around uh, to give me some tips. I actually contributed some screams mm. um, to, and, and gasping, and heavy, like, just, like, heavy breathing as if you're in a spacesuit, just losing Chris, your oxygen. Chris, sounds you like the again? most fun. Do you want me to do it again? Do it again, and then right. Sarah can uh, <clears throat> give us some All right. feedback. <laughs> <laughs> and then you loop it. <laughs> I have to say, I was watching Sarah's expression then, and it was the opposite of beaming. <laughs> no, no, it was awe. That the, was the, the wide eyes. And you the, genuinely yeah. look like somebody, uh, like uh, somebody. Uh, portraying someone who's incredibly astonished. He he put me there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was there with him, pretty much inside the suit. Yeah. And it was a ter- it was a terrifying experience. You're, you're I'm not, not gonna lie. You're not gonna be beaming when you hear somebody <laughs> gasping <laughs> their last breath so inside of a booth. I don't know. This show, <laughs> maybe. Like, oh, oh you did it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Simon's done voice work in video games as well. Wow. Yeah. Right. See if you can get. No, see if you can guess this one. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I have a cough drop. Do you need a cough drop? Um, that's a genuine voice in a commercially released game. Okay. Well, I mean, my first guess is like Left 4 Dead. But it sounds like a zombie. Yes. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Uh, cool. I was one of the zombies in uh, Deadly Premonition. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I could have just cycled through and yeah, I would have exactly. gotten there. I would have got That's pretty cool. That's impressive. Thank you. Yeah. Did you get a credit for that? I did, yeah. Congratulations. Me up on Moby Games. I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get any repeat business from it? Certainly not. I don't think I'll be taking any livelihood away from you, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> so, what, so, so what are you going to be doing next? What am I doing next that I can talk about? I think, um, well, Scale is already announced, and that's sort of the, the cast is, is public for that. Steve um, Swing? Yeah, Steve yeah, Swing's yeah. game. Yeah. Um, what else is coming up that I can talk about? And then they're all indies, so it's pretty oh, loose. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to play it safe, just in case. Guys, can I tell you an embarrassing secret about me and Steve Swink? I'm excited. Just keep it between us. Yes. Yeah. So one day, I, um, I woke up to a notification from Facebook, and it said, Steve Swink has accepted your friend request. 
but I don't remember issuing a friend request. <laughs> wow. That's happened to me before also, but with, with other... With him. <laughs> <laughs> Steve has taken your phone at GDC, friended himself, and then accepted it. That must be it. Must yeah. Be it. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. to One Life Left versus Gama Sutra, live from GDC 2014. It's Friday. It's the last day that we're going to be doing this. We talked earlier about how uh, our hierarchy of friends works. If you appear on the show once, you are a friend of the show. If you appear on the t- show twice, well, more fool you, but you're a best friend of the show. Cindy, this is your second appearance on the show. Uh, yes. We Technically, first, yes. We yes. first met you two years ago, didn't we? Yes. Right here. I was 12... Do you have fond memories of our, of our encounter back in uh, 2012? I do. I remember it was, it was quite, um, let's say, unpredictable. <laughs> you should explain to uh, our listeners who you are. Oh, my name's Cindy. I work at Kickstarter. And I seem to remember that we tried to get you to fund us. We did. We tried to take some money. That's right. You wanted my dollar. Yes. Yes. You didn't give it to us, did you? Well, not then. But you're back. I brought you a cookie. Okay. Um, Since then, Simon and I have both been through the Kickstarter process. We are successful. Do you have a term for us, people who are successful? Uh, Yes. Um, Alumni. Okay. Yeah. Really? We graduated. Yeah. Do you have to actually hit your goal to have graduated? (laughs) (laughs) So, what did you think of our campaigns? I thought you did a very good job. Excellent answer. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, yeah, it's, it was very, very exciting for both of us. I think it's fair to say it was probably the most stressful thing that yeah. I did. We've done stand-up comedy in front of a room of actual people that paid money to go and see us. <laughs> I genuinely think that launching that Kickstarter was more terrifying. <laughs> I, 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 I realised that I had uh, I just put stalling tactics in, and I was going, oh, yeah, well, I can't launch it yet because I've not made the video. And, and then... Uh, I was with these guys when the email came through from Kickstarter saying, yep, you're all set and ready to go. And I was like, oh, bugger. I'm going to, like, the, the only thing that was stopping me from doing it was me. And then, yeah. Was, we uh, were in the pub, weren't we? We were in the pub, yeah. And Anne was going, do it, publish. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to know how many people were drunk when they hit launch. Right, well, right. yeah. I, 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 I managed to put it off there. You, you guys follow metrics and stuff like that? Is, is we there, don't have it, drunk it, metrics. It, though. Oh, okay. yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was it was terrifying, and then the, just the most incredible feeling afterwards. Actually, the feeling that you can't really describe. You've gone through all that terror, and then just like you begin to feel incredibly humble. I know that people overuse the word humble, but when you see that the range of support that you've got from your friends and, and people, you know, getting on board this journey, um, yeah, it was it was incredible. Yeah, I think I think it's very common to have that anxiety at the very beginning because it's it's too difficult to imagine what it would feel like to be successful. That's scary. Um, so when it actually happens and there's like this huge catharsis, you realize that you did have friends after all yeah. and everything was okay. <laughs> I need to launch a Kickstarter just to find out if I have friends. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. And then uh, what I hadn't appreciated was, um, like basically I just wanted to make the game and so I, I wasn't, uh, so once it was funded, I was like, okay, great. So that's going to happen. Then you've still got 28 days to go. Funded in three hours, actually. So, um, uh, uh, what? Yes, what I hadn't appreciated was how uh, your backers actually want to want the adventure to continue. So they're like, "Come on, then, let's have some stretch goals. Like, like we can we can do more and more and more." And of course, I'd 
I didn't think it was going to succeed, so I had no idea what I was going to do. So, uh, but they, they were like, come on, let's see. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was absolutely incredible. So how are things at Kickstarter? They're very good. Yeah, it's been a very busy year. Um, and it's only been three months, apparently, of that year. So. <laughs> games uh, remain uh, a hugely popular category? Yeah, games have been strong and steady for us. And they keep growing, and we keep seeing more and more and more diversity. And it's been, it's been fantastic to see it evolve and to see our community kind of evolve with us. So what's changed at Kickstarter in the last two years? What's changed? Mm. Mm. Well, we've gotten we've gotten bigger. I mean, the site's gotten bigger and our staff has gotten bigger. And there's other territories that can launch Kickstarters. That's correct. Yeah. So we moved into... I did my homework oh. for this. <laughs> yeah. Just studied up. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we moved into the UK last year. Uh, we opened up in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, and we just announced the Netherlands last month. So that'll be happening soon as well. And you've got a new office. We have a new office. And it's amazing. You may have seen it. It's amazing. <laughs> Tell us about it. It's so beautiful. When I rocked up at the office in freezing New York temperatures, I saw. I, I thought, is this the right place? I saw the doorbell, and even the doorbell's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how, how, did, how did the building get funded? <laughs> By taking 10% of mine and Simon's Kickstarters. <laughs> so you're welcome. Built on the backs of the creative people. <laughs> Finally, one life left has achieved something. Um, so, are you going to give us a dollar this year? Of course. Of course. <laughs> that's, that's what changed. Next, next time you launch a project, I will give you a dollar. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show, Cindy. Yeah, thank you. say that this year. Oh, that's a shame. Say it one more time now. Welcome back to One Life Left vs. Garden Sutra. <laughs> oh, midway through yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. It's, well, so, uh, it's a good time to be losing it because I think, yeah, we are in our final stretch now, aren't we? But we've saved the best till last. If that's what we're going with. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm Steve Gaynor from the Fulbright Company. We worked on Gone Home. We well, first met you on the show last year, didn't we? Yeah, I talked about, I remember Frank Cifaldi was here, mm-hmm. and I talked about how the only reason to play video games was to kill, uh, which <laughs> is my personal philosophy. It's, it's, it's what's enjoyable about it to me. Uh, so it was a real stretch to make 
gone home. You know, go outside my comfort zone. And then you were then you were on the show in London, weren't you? But I wasn't on it. You were with Charles Cecil. Yes. Weren't you? That was one of my favourite episodes. That, <laughs> because I wasn't on it. Well, thank you for not being on it, I guess. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm sorry to be here this time. <laughs> I actually saw, um, saw just a moment ago when Steve was putting on his uh, his headset. He did a he, he did something as if he was playing Gone Home. <laughs> he actually picked up his headset and he was looked at it very closely and rotated it around. Yep. And Admiring then he, the models. And, and then he discovered an interesting clue <laughs> in the inside part of the headband and it was uh, there, there's a there's a picture of a garbage can with an x through it which means uh do not use this headset as a garbage can <laughs> that's an fyi I mean, we were talking this about this is not garbage we were talking earlier about uh, your talk and oh yeah you know about- uh, about whether Gone Home is a game, we had the result of that spoiled for us. Yeah. Oh, uh, by, uh, I'm wait. sorry. I'm sorry that, that it was a spoiler. <laughs> Discovering that for yourself is part wow. of the joy. And also the the uh, clue. You were talking at the game developers conference. I don't think they'd have let you in, would they? If Gone Home wasn't a game, they tried to kick me out, and I was like, no, 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 no. The name of the talk implies that it is a game. I'm good. And they're like, uh, technicality, fine. You, so, could just, you could just have your own conference. It was like, <laughs> but that, not a game developer's conference. So Gone did, home conference. How did the talk go? Oh, it was fun. Um, you know, people told me they liked it, uh, which, you know, is the best you can do. You can't tell, really. I mean, I guess if you're, when you're up on stage, if people just start booing and walking out, you can tell it's going badly. Well, you'll, you'll find when you get your evaluation forms uh, back, which this year are based on Tinder. <laughs> just they're going to swipe right or swipe left on your face. Wow, I had no idea. Mm, um, yeah, so but yeah, you know, was, uh, I got to talk about the thing was like you know, Gone Home. It's a story game, and people talk about the story and the characters a lot. But I wanted to talk about the design of the game and how it works, and how I think the interactivity of it is important to feeling immersed and actually like being able to connect with the story. So it was it was more about that side of it. Um, and getting to kind of go deep on on how the mechanics function, you know. So we also talked about uh, whether our radio show is a game. Is it? We're unsure. You seem to be the expert. <laughs> how many cheese wheels can you fit uh, <laughs> into into the show? I've seen Steve fit some cheese wheels. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like to brag, but that's what happens when I'm not around. So it's been a great year for Gone Home, hasn't it? Uh, so after a successful launch on home computers, uh, yeah. moving to console. Yeah. Uh, no, we've we've been incredibly grateful for the for the the reaction we've gotten. Uh, we were up on stage at the GDC Awards the other night, and that was. Amazing, um, and yeah, we were working with Midnight City, which is the like indie publishing uh, imprint at Majesco to bring Gone Home to to more platforms. Because um, you know, it's like we we're PC gamers. We made it as a PC game, but we also designed it to use a gamepad to be readable, like from the couch. Like we had people that played it as a couch experience. So it's like, all right, we want to find a partner to help us do all like technical work and submissions and all the ins and outs of that stuff, so that it can be in people's living rooms you know we've had a bunch of people that are like oh I've heard this game is good but I'm just not a PC gamer so we're glad that they're going to get a chance to check it out you know because Gone Home's a game that you have to discover like you don't know a great deal about it and it sort of unfolds in front of you and it takes uh, a few um, twists and turns that are unexpected Um, sure is it difficult keeping that from keeping that back from a new generation of gamers I don't know. Um, the thing is, we never really try. We never did a lot to try to contain that stuff. You know, like we we only when we were putting information out there, we only really talked about the premise. You know, like you arrive home and you expect your family to be there and blah blah blah. Basically, the stuff that you would learn in the first 
two rooms of the game anyway. Um, but we never said, like, don't talk about this, don't talk about that to journalists. And we've been really happy and surprised to see that I think, you know, we, we had reviewers that told us, like, I didn't mention any of the specifics of the story because, for me, like, discovering all of that was really powerful and I didn't, I didn't want to ruin that for other people. So I, I think that it's the kind of game where people who like it and then want to spread the word about it, they just kind of naturally keep most of the details to themselves, you know? The um, cliffhanger ending uh, leaves it open for a sequel, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Gone Home 2, The That's House right. Next Door. <laughs> Gone Home 2. No, I don't... Yeah, I, I, we, we, we wanted to leave it on an ambiguous ending, but yeah, I think that... Uh, we are, we are, we are going to take the next step. Well, I... See, this is why I preferred when you weren't on the show. <laughs> no, yeah. I, but the thing is, like, it, it's true. I, I think that I really like the characters we talked about. And it would actually be kind of interesting to, to see more of, of what they're up to. But on the other hand, I think that... I don't know. We, we kind of like leaving it uh, hanging. So, yeah, balance. If we were... Uh, um a, ju- a journalist, actual journalist. Oh yeah, uh, we would uh, like professionals. Title this show: "Gone Home Two Announced?" Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and so Went we will. Home. Yeah, exactly. So uh, one of the, the you're you're our final guest of this uh, GDC, and one of the themes, one of the things we've been chatting about, which I would like you to finish off, to sum up, and to answer once and for all is: How do you have ideas? Because. <laughs> Because the two answers we've had so far are either in the shower or by being absolutely filthy and covering your desk in disgusting, rotting Rot- food. Yeah, rotten, what? Rot- no, rotten, but uh, Peter Molyneux, uh, this is a direct quote, he said, I am at my most creative when there's just disgusting, putrid, rotting bananas on my desk. <laughs> I, okay, maybe I'm paraphrasing that, but it was along the same lines. What? Wait, so was that because... Why? Is it the smell? They, they just inspire him. Okay. They just inspire him. All right. Um, the shower's good. Uh, how do you have... Well, I mean, have any of you guys ever had an idea? No. no. Not even one. No. Steve, did you... Never. Okay, none. Um... I'm afraid you're beyond help. <laughs> I don't know why we're asking you how to, you know, come up with ideas for games, because I think we've established you haven't made one. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you can have ideas that aren't for games and then make them into not games, but then tell people it's a game and they'll buy it anyway. And it works. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. <laughs> thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Bye. <laughs> it's the end of our GDC 2014 adventure. It's sad, isn't it? It's been quite a ride, hasn't it? Uh, I've really enjoyed it, yeah. It's been, a great, it's been a great show this year, as ever. Uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, Chris, what happens now, then? What happens now the show closes? What tends to happen? Well, you got the, the, the floor sweepers, they come in first. Okay. Um, and then people start tearing down the booths. And then they make another mess. And then the floor sweepers have to come back in and take care of it. It's a really inefficient system. Right. I don't know, it has to do with the unions or something. Okay. <laughs> and then I guess the, the Moscone uh, moves on to another conference, does it? Um, well, the Moscone doesn't move. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but the staff do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that there's some kind of um, like uh, toilet tissue convention that comes in after us. It's right. also run by UBM. Right. So, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you live in San Francisco? 
Um, no, I don't. Actually. Oh no, no, of course you got. No, I, no, so I, I live in Indiana. So I just want the hotbed of the video game industry right. is, is so nice. Um, how does San Francisco change when GDC's in town? Do how does it change? Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of people with the lanyards on, and they have name tags. But that, that's but, how it changes, basically. But but. Um, Next week in the toilet uh, tissue convention, there'll be a bunch of people with lanyards on. So, but I would like to think that no, the week they don't, is special they don't, they don't. for San Francisco. No, is no, they don't. Um, at, at the tissue conference, uh, there's no lanyards used. Everyone, very, everyone very just informal. Everyone just knows each other. It's a very tight knit community. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, when are we going to see you again? Well, I'll, I'll see you guys on the social medias. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess like, man, I don't want to say next year. Come over to London. Okay. Do you not want to say next year because it's been so bad? <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say next year because that's such a long time from from now. Well, I'm sad. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, and you forget what we've been like this year. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having us. No, thank you. This is uh, seriously the best uh, that like the best time that I have at GDC. Having you guys come over here and we do the podcast. But what was the count? It's, this is One Life Left versus Gama Sutra. Yeah. I think that I might have won. Really? Even though it was one versus three. Yeah. How can you quantify that? Um, it's not quantifiable, which is kind of the beautiful thing about it. It's just instinct. Yeah, it's a gut feeling. I trust you, Chris. Uh, we should say thank you to all of our guests that we've had on uh, across all of the shows um, and everybody who's helped us out. And thank you so much, Sutra, for inviting us. No problem. I mean, I didn't really invite you. You just started <laughs> sending emails like, so we're going to be at the show. No, and we I was like, oh, wow. We were invited. Yes, they were. Uh, Very hopefully deliberately. Hopefully, we will see you all next year. But until then... Unless you listen to our weekly radio show, One Life Left. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>